you know, there's so many people that have a solution, uh, have a great idea, and there's so many people that have a need or a problem. And the only issue isn't necessarily money, it's finding each other. You're listening to the Design Engineering Podcast, where we explore topics important to Canada's mechanical engineers, product designers, and machine builders. I'm Mike McLeod, editor of Design Engineering Magazine, and in this episode, I'm joined by Frank DeFalco, the Director of Member Relations for Next Generation Manufacturing Canada, better known as Engine, an industry-led, non-profit organization that leads Canada's advanced manufacturing supercluster. During our conversation, Frank shares how the supercluster concept spurs innovation in Canadian industry, breaks down how Engine operates its programs, and details its current projects for electric vehicle part development and additive manufacturing. But before that, a few words from IGUS, this episode's sponsor. IGUS has been manufacturing engineered plastic components for more than 50 years, including grease-free dry-lin linear bearings and slides. These dry-running components are a maintenance-free alternative to recirculating ball bearings. Dry-lin is also resistant to shock, dirt, dust, and corrosion. Learn more about dry-lin linear bearings at igus.ca. Now let's jump into the interview. Hi, Frank. Uh, thank Hi, you for joining me today uh, for the uh, Design Engineering Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. So if you could start off just by introducing yourself and uh, and talking a little bit about what, uh, you know, who who you're with and, and what that organization is all about. Sure. My pleasure. So uh, as I'm, I'm Frank DeFalco. Uh, I live in Ottawa. Uh, I grew up in Montreal, so I'm bilingual and I've... Uh, had experience in all the sectors of the economy. The, now I'm currently in the not-for-profit sector, but I was a public servant at one time, and I was a manufacturer earlier in my career. So I, I think I get an interesting perspective on the uh, different concerns and needs of each sector, which is uh, I find uh, certainly not unique, but uh, interesting. I, I like to, to appreciate the difficulties of each one of the persons when we're dealing with stuff like we're doing NGEN. So uh, recently I, I, I was at something called Canada Makes. Canada Makes was a vertical program for additive manufacturing that was uh, hosted by CME, Canadian Manufacturing Exporters. I was there for five years. We uh, I was, we, in our, we were able to develop a pretty pretty substantive uh, industrial vertical for additive manufacturing, 3D printers in Canada. Uh, we maxed out at about 44 members and uh, we ran uh, various programs, which I'll, I'll touch on a little bit afterwards as I've kind of brought that program, the Additive Manufacturing Demonstration Program with me over to NGEN. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, Jason Myers, our CEO, uh, which is, you know, many of you will be well aware of, is, was at CME and uh, brought me over to, to NGEN to help uh, build a network. And I have the position of a director of a member relations. Uh, yeah, and uh, NGEN, well, NGEN, it's really, uh, you know, looking at making Canadian manufacturers better by adopting new technologies. And we really have a mission of, uh, uh, you know, of, of uh, building Canadian capabilities in regards to advanced manufacturing and amongst other things. So we'll get more into it. Sure, sure. Now it leads the the advanced manufacturing supercluster, which is what is a supercluster? I think I know what it is, but just to hear it from someone who really knows. Sure, sure. Well, I guess a kind of a way of putting at it. There's two ways of looking at it. Uh, what is it, and when did it come into existence? Uh, it, it came into existence in regards to you know what our definition is in the 2017 budget, where the the government decided that they needed to have industry lead some of the initiative programming and uh, funding that they understood. So they created the super clusters. Uh, there was a request for tenders that went out. Um, long story short, uh, NGEN was um, one the one or you know was identified as the advanced manufacturing super cluster. The super cluster program has five super clusters across the country. Uh, each has their own mandate, uh, and they do have a kind of a re regional footprint, even though they are national programs. I want to make that very clear, national. Mm -hmm. Going east to west, there's the ocean supercluster, which industry is associated with ocean, so leave your imagination there. Uh, coming east, <laughs> we have Quebec as the scale AI, artificial intelligence. 
uh, Ontario, we are the advanced manufacturing engine. And then you have the Prairie Super Clusters, has to do with protein. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, out in BC, it's the digital supercluster. Uh, we're all uh, independently managed. We each have our own boards. We have certain mandates we must follow that are stipulated by the government, but we have different ways of doing things. Uh, we received um, 200, and, you know, over you know, 230 million dollars for programming, and uh, which most of it is spent at this point. But to, in the real terms, what is a supercluster? I like to consider it like a, a network of networks is really a kind of a way of looking at it. You know, okay. um, it's it's a clusters. You know, clusters can be as we look at clusters. We even have a cluster funding program. We might talk a little bit about after. Sure. It's um, it's a grouping of based on a regional need, or it often it could be we look at it as two things. It could be also based on a technology or a, uh, along those lines. Like uh, I'm currently working on a, with a group to try and create a, a new national additive manufacturing cluster. Uh, so we, hmm. as Engen has that, we 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 have some funding capabilities for clusters, and we have a lot of clusters that are starting to be developed. We can talk a little bit more about that across the country. My colleague's doing a great job, Bridget Bohan. So if anybody has a cluster out there and they, they think that they, you know, all it takes is five companies. I might as well talk a little bit about clusters as well. It takes sure. a minimum of five companies uh, that are, you know, you have to become an NGEN member. Mem NGEN membership's free, everybody. So <laughs> do that. Uh, not a barrier. So five companies get together. They can apply for uh, to be a cluster. They can either be an existing vertical industry supercluster, or the plan is to create a new one around. You know, could be a regional need, could be a technological need. You know, we're, we're open to that, and then then you you know contact us, and we help you. And away you go. We can match up to seventy five k. We can match up to uh, you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars is the match, and we can give seventy five k for that. So as I say, these is. Is really so it's looking at a network of networks is a kind of way of looking at a supercluster. Sure, sure. So the government is is recognizing strengths in each province. Obviously, Ontario's manufacturing. I guess Quebec. Well, you could you could make the same. You could call it aerospace. You could say, but for them, it's it's a burgeoning. It's a new thing. It's a it's a an industry of the uh, the twenty first century as opposed to the twentieth century, maybe. And this is a way of helping funnel some money in order to take some of the risk out of taking this leap maybe or helping uh, certain individual companies or groups of companies try something new without shouldering all the the risk themselves yeah, the, yeah if you talk about let's say what what is our essentially our mandate is that is this is, is when companies there's a few things about engine super clusters is all our projects are collaborations Mm. Um, we we come to the conclusion that you know for one thing Canadian companies aren't well known for doing that, and to really you know innovate and come out with something new, it, it, it almost inevitably leads to being able to collaborate with other companies. Mm -hmm. So we kind of force the issue a little bit by forcing people. If you want NGen money, we're going to help you de-risk your new innovation. As you you know you might have one company that's expertise in traditional manufacturing or making a product. And then there's a technology company that has a new technology that they haven't tried yet, but they think they can really increase productivity. We get them together, they decide to initiate a project and they, they do funding. And Engine's there to help de-risk that investment they're willing to make to make them world-leading uh, manufacturers. So that's one of the things we all have in common is super cluster-wise is, is that they must be collaborations. It's got to be innovative. It's got to be transformative, and it's got to be enduring. You know, we're looking to get Canadians good jobs, so that's always one of my personal pleasures when I can help and get some people some good employment. And manufacturing is, as we all know, it, it tends to be a very, very good employer. Yeah, yeah. So, is this a unique concept to Canada? Is this something that most like G seven countries do? And this is supercluster is the name that Canada has given it, or? The the name is is I think unique. I, I haven't seen that as a government program, but I did have the pleasure of visiting Germany just before COVID hit back in uh, 
January of 2019, and we were on a trade mission. Uh, and in Germany, we went to this uh, institute in the northern Germany, exactly where I can't remember. It was called OWL, O-W-L. Okay. And they did a presentation of it. And as I was getting this presentation, it had a lot of the exact same, you know, tenets of our supercluster. So I see. The point is, I think it, there's a lot of it that's been borrowed and a lot of it is 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 unique you know canada has certainly unique as, as every country does sure but yeah from the from so it was very very interesting to see that uh that particular what they weren't unique in germany you know gotcha gotcha i'm i'm just wondering like is is this is this feeling is this feeling a need that's unique uh or addressing a challenge that's unique to canada you know because i mean you you hear you know the idea that you know like vc money isn't all that plentiful in canada or that there may be certain stages of you know from startup to to established company that there's those different stages along that pathway that that people can get stuck in and this is a mm -hmm. a way of canada addressing that or is this just completely different not not related to anything to that that's a difficult question. You know, certainly when we, we look at manufacturing sector, it's hard not to look at the U.S. And uh, when you talk about VC money, you know, Canada and the U.S., it's, it really is night and day. Right. You know, people are often say, oh, Canada and U.S., what's the difference? Well, there's one that's really quite different. I think uh, my personal feeling is that I think Canadians are more conservative, uh, mm. less, less risk takers. I don't know if that has something to do with my personal video about, about <laughs> it's bloody cold in our winters, you know, so <laughs> right. taking a risk that you might not have heat at winter is not an option. You know, I'm digressing. <laughs> you know, it, it's still, uh, I think that does make for a difference. Whether the super cluster, I think, I think the super cluster, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's trying to address, you know, those capabilities. Um, I think a lot of countries have those same, same challenges okay uh, so yeah it's hard it's hard to answer that question because i don't necessarily like to compare canada to the u.s sure uh, it's more like i'd like to compare us other the mid-level company co countries and i you know of course well germany again is another level all on its own and since we're doing business with all those but you know i i think it's it's a good idea i think we've taken these good ideas and we've suited it we've made it you know we've listened the government's listened to to industry because industry is saying have industry lead this we're industry led we're industry people yeah so we're really trying to address the needs of industry and you know they there's a large gamut of needs that there are within canada even regionally we have such differences regionally that to look at at the international scope is sometimes well let's you know let's get it figured out here first and then then but there's a challenge i think for all all countries with regards to capabilities and skills and we're trying to address those with not just funding we have other programs we're, we're talking right about. right yeah. i think i think the strong point of it is that uh this isn't being administered in you know sort of government halls there is no there doesn't seem to be like a you know, there's no uh, bureaucracy behind this. Obviously, yourself, Jason, uh, the other leadership of uh, of the organization, you guys have all been in the industry. You're all well-known names. Jason Myers, obviously, is a big, you know, draw wherever he goes, whenever he speaks and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, you know, this is, this is manufacturers talking to other manufacturers, you know, uh, yeah. people in the industry talking to other people in the industry and saying, you know, you know, you guys can recognize a good bet when you see one and uh, and or, you know, or or can see those those connections between companies. Hey, we know yeah. somebody over here. That makes sense. And it's not being done from Ottawa or, or far away. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, there's there's so many layers when you talk about government. As I said, I've been I've been there, so I, I do understand it and have the utmost respect for our bureaucracy. But it's difficult to. To think outside the box it just it's they don't really like mavericks there mm. but you do, need, you do need that original thinking and uh, nimbleness that you can allow in us you know uh, uh responsiveness uh certainly you know we have full transparency we you know if any annual reports certainly we're, we are spending a lot of tax dollars so certainly that's important and, and we they, we're doing that but but yeah 
we're, we're filling a need because we understand industry. You know, we're certainly not perfect. And, you know, be out there saying, oh, well, you know, you can't please all the people all the time, but <laughs> we're, we're certainly doing our, our best to, to, to listen to the major concerns of industry. And, you know, primarily, it comes down to investment dollars so often and skills. You know, these are some of the areas that we don't have the proper skilled workers out there. What can you do? And, you know, we're, we're trying to listen. We're trying to do what we can. And, and we do it, we do it in a very efficient manner. That's, you know, you're right. There's, you know, we're only over a little over 30, 30 employees at NGEN. And I think that's what we've been able to accomplish in our, you know, two and a half years of, of doing this is pretty amazing. I think I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, I, I think, I think you touched on it a little bit. Is, is it really down, down to money? I mean, when you say Canadians, Canadian manufacturers, a little bit more conservative, is it a money thing? Is it just sort of a, they're dealing in a different sort of high risk kind of uh, environment so that any sort of deviation from the norm feels like way more dangerous than, than it might in other kind of economies or is well, just, you know, the, the, is, I don't know if it's only money. It never is only money. Of course, okay. sure. know, the, the owners out there, the CME guy who's, who's working hard to make payroll will say it is, but there's, there's more to it. When I go back to Canada makes, when I did my time there, uh, didn't have a lot of money, but there's a lot of value in helping people connect to people that can offer a solution. And that doesn't take money. Hmm. Okay. One of our big, big goals and big priorities. And we have our, our platform, we have a collaboration corner. We force people to collaborate is connecting people. You know, there's so many people that are, have a solution. Uh, have a great idea and there's so many people that have a need or a problem and the only issue isn't necessarily money it's finding each other I so, yeah that that is that is often the you know often the, as we all you know i'm not an economist and all that but i don't think it's a secret that there's a lot of money out there you know that the fed's creating a lot of money and there's a lot of money out there so often it's you know finding the person with the money is that your problem might be, I need money. We have that <laughs> project money, but sometimes it's just finding somebody I've got more money than I know what to do. I need, I need good ideas. And I, there's certainly a re you know, with the COVID really brought the awareness of, you know, if you don't have something being made close by, you really are susceptible to not having it. Gotcha. So the supply chain of manu the importance of manufacturing has gotten into the, psyche of a lot more people which i always knew was necessary you know i and i'm sure you did and a lot of people in manufacturing know that but it takes you know it's such a we were so used to oh i, I have everything i need and somebody will make it well you know deal <laughs> behind that even for your simple little widget or gadget there's a whole supply chain there and people just didn't realize that and you know it's not really I, you know we all have our concerns our families and you know i'm not saying everybody should be well aware and in tune with what the supply chains are but but you know manufacturers are and you know again money can help that but it, it's more like well i know i have my i i have a reliable customer base how do i how do i retask how do i reshore how do i do some of these things so Again, these are some of the areas that we hope we can help with. We're really bringing uh, a need to somebody with a solution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wanted to get into some of those these programs that you guys are are running presently, and I think uh, you know that the idea of the supply chain and and the vulnerabilities to it. I mean, the automotive industry is going through a lot of that with not with just the chips, but a lot of these little necessary components that uh, one, I, I assume they all sort of figured were just a given and then all of a sudden they weren't. Yeah. But but uh, the one that caught my attention was the, uh, and I th you mentioned this in a conversation we had recently, the Automotive Zero Emission Manufacturing Challenge. I think that's the yeah. one that's currently running, one of them that's currently yeah. running. Yeah. Could you, yeah, could you go into a little bit about how how that works is that like a is that like a an x prize kind of a deal or is it is it does it have a different focus <laughs> so it, it's it's what it's what we call one of our challenges we, we've issued a couple of challenges we had a robotics challenge in the past so okay um 
it's been identified that there's a whole new emerging market out there for zero emission vehicles, electric vehicles, whatever, if you like. Sure, yeah. And it's important that Canada get a piece of that supply chain. You know, we, we've, we've been able to have it for traditional automotive, as you well know. Southern Ontario, you know, uh, our economy wouldn't be the same without automotive. Well, you know, for these zero emission vehicles, it's different, you know, batteries. And, uh, I don't even want to be, there's so many things that are different than a traditional automotive, but, you know, somebody's got to make it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, you know, we, 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 we've put apart, aside $20 million where we, you know, again, it's, it's, it's like an NGEN project. It's not really any different, but it must be with a road vehicle. Okay, something to do could be the materials that you need to do that something that's going to enhance the supply chain for VA zero emissions manufacturing okay so if that in mind if you're a company out there or an individual that has a lot of interest in there or some capabilities go to our website you know it's uh, ngen.ca and it's right on the front page uh, we will be having a workshop there's a workshop we did last week exactly the day it was last last monday of august anyways it's i, I believe the uh, recording is up on our website uh yeah check it out and uh if you find you know you're in there material makers uh battery makers it's just, just a lot of various have a look but it has to be it's in regards to road vehicles so that could be bus could be truck could be uh, a vehicle an automotive vehicle but uh, of course the title of it uh, but we had that question. Yeah, buses are included, but not off-roading, uh, not air travel, road. You know, something goes on the road. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, there's a whole, there's decades of of development of the whole ecosystem of supply. You know, uh, tier one, tier two kind of suppliers in Canada that Southern Ontario's known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I imagine this. What seems like kind of a, a kind of quick sort of transition from you know traditional internal combustion engines to hybrid or full electric or um, you know um, fuel cell electric mm-hmm. or whatever I mean that's a whole that's a whole lot of components that aren't going to be made in the future uh, you know fuel injectors and and uh, cylinders and and you know engine blocks and all that all that stuff and I there are a lot of companies that potentially would have to try and transition into a whole new space. Exactly. I mean, it's still automotive, but it's it's a a really different, radically yeah. different kind of automotive. That's right. And that's, uh, yeah. We were trying to help those companies that want to do that. To, to I mean, again, we're going to de-risk up to fifty percent of their investment. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, is this? Sorry. Of dollars, yeah. It could be up to millions of dollars per project. Wow. And this this is is this limited by size? I mean, is it is do you only take companies up to a certain sort of cap or is it I should have asked that before, but not to derail the <laughs> what we were talking about. So but we, we usually ask for one SME to be part of the uh the um, gotcha. gotcha. again. I, I'm, I know it's there's slight different stipulations, mostly Again, innovative, all those things, transformer, those all apply. Um, you know, it would be, again, it has to be a collaboration. So that's, right. So it might be with a larger automotive company with a smaller company, you know, a smaller company bringing in the know-how potentially and larger company having the deep pockets needs to do a project. To sure. Um, so it could be a productive EV powertrain components. Uh, so there's yeah. there's a lot of angles, a lot of a lot of new areas to look at. That your sure. goals is, uh, um, you see, I'm just reading here, but about, about myself, uh, yeah, take a look. You know, it, it's uh, it's best to, if you have a look at yourselves and get in more details. The deadline for it is uh, for screening project screening is October seventh. So, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so that's coming up quick. Um, so is this related to the to the uh, the auto parts manufacturing association the APMA's uh, aero project in any way I mean I it, it, ha- it feels sort of the same in some ways but maybe not I know I know we have good relations we talk with them but uh, as far as I know no no okay 
Okay. But the same sort of goal, right? Yeah, I mean, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're trying to help our Canadian companies, you know, make sure that they get a long, sustainable piece of the action. I, one we've already touched on in a previous presentation, but um, the, and one closer to your heart is the, uh, the, uh, the additive manufacturing demo uh, project. Program, yeah. Program, yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so. Well, sure. You want me to elaborate on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, please. Sure. So that's a pro program that I uh, was funded. It's funded through IRAP, uh, NRC IRAP. Great, mm -hmm. great uh, gem of a program in Canada. I really admire that program. I think it's one of the gems of Canadian bureaucracy. If you haven't taken <laughs> advantage of your local ITA, do it, okay? He's going to be a great source of information and resource for you. And so as an SME out there, you've been in business for more than two years, you know, make sure you talk to your ITA because... An ITA is what I need for companies to participate in this program. So all I need, you know, there's absolutely the only administration is to, for me to receive an email from a, an IRAP ITA stating that you're an IRAP eligible company. Doesn't mean you have had to have funding before, but you had to have, you have an ITA. So once that is, I can free up uh, 5K to, to, I like to call it a kick at the can of uh, industrial level 3D printing, added manufacturing, particularly metal added manufacturing. With the goal of not, you know, I'd like to get a prototype and I go, well, it's not really the goal of the program. The goal of the program is to investigate additive as a potential tool in your production process. Uh, we, we all, you know, most of us in manufacturing or business know that 3D printing is great for prototyping. It's, it's one of the first, you know, profitable businesses for 3D printers. Mm -hmm. and so it's been going on for some decades. So, you know. Go ahead, you know, do that if you if you want to get a prototype, talk to your local 3D printer. Great, go ahead. But the idea is how can you use 3D printing to make you a better company? You know, and it's it's really what is there, you know, we talked about supply chains, kind of reinforce supply chains. Again, you know, uh, you can have this uh, 3D printer that's doing a widget or even jigs, and there's very little very few companies that couldn't take advantage of having a 3D printer for one capacity or another. This program will give you the, take a look at metal 3D printing. It's not cheap. Like if you take one part, you know, designed through for machining and, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And, you know, I would say keep making it in your current form. You know, don't go and 3D print it because it'll be more expensive and that's not a good use of the technology. But let's say that said piece is part of an assembly of multiple pieces. Then you look at them all together and you say, well, now that we have the, you know, we've removed a bit of the handcuffs that's, you know, manufacturing puts on people, you know, you have to be able to make something. So you have to design with that in mind, you know, be able to hold whatever, you know, so many people know what I'm talking about there. But let's say you're able to remove so much of that assembly by redesigning a part and removing many, many parts. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the type of thing we want to get people to start thinking about. And I said, okay, well, here's your part. Look at it. Let's talk to a service provider. So we, we, we somebody comes in, they, they want to participate in the program. They're IRAP eligible. And I say, okay, I need a CAD file. So they'll need to, to supply a CAD file because the pro program doesn't pay for CAD file development. Okay. Yeah. So they say, okay, they have a part. And then we identify together materials, what, what's their goal, what the, and then that's the initial meeting. Then I say, okay, let's talk about a service provider. There's all sorts of them. Well, just not all sorts of them. But there's some across Canada metal that's not a, a lot of schools have it, but I prefer to work with industrial partners, but I will work with academic partners as well. I'll work with anybody, you know, uh, pretty much. And, I'm not, uh, I, I'm open, open to that. Uh, but it always has to have an ITA's referral associated with it. So that being said, we have that. We have the CAD file. As I like to say, they make the part. You get the part. I get the invoice. And uh, <laughs> there's been some great successes with that. You know, there's a lot of projects that don't really go anywhere, but it's only 5K. So it's a learning process. Often the best thing a company can learn that additive is really, really cool, but it really doesn't fit into my planning or, or really offers me any legitimate course of action at this time. So that, sure. that's good. You know, they've learned. They've learned that it's an interesting technology, but it's not for me. A CNC is enough for me or 
or whatever, you know, it's the traditional works for me. And maybe, but they have it in their mind. They know that, right. well, maybe when they're doing some innovation, the next uh, iteration of their product that, well, now maybe we could use out of here, right? Let's, let's talk. So maybe that's the idea. Then we get that printed, they stick it in and they, they're converted. They, they either buy a machine internally or they, you know, they have their new partner and, you know, there we go. Got yeah, a yeah. Competitive, uh, new competitive product on the market from Canada. Right. I think a lot of times it's, it seems to me that it's hard to. It's really important to have that someone who's an expert in metal three D printing on board, even during the conceptual phase. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a totally different way of thinking about yeah. about the design of something. Because I mean, most manufacturers, most engineers, I would think, are thinking in terms of I've got a block of metal, I take away the bits I don't want, and that's what I'm left with. But this is, like you say, instead of having an assembly of 10 parts, you build one, you're 3D printing one assembly that's all sort of melded together because you can do that yeah. with with this technology. Or you're thinking in terms of I don't need a solid block, I can put some kind of honeycomb structure in the center, uh, you know, and stuff to lightweight it, or, I mean, you really have to think from, from the get go in a totally yeah. different way. And having somebody on board to help you recognize those opportunities is, is crucial to it. Yes. Yes. The champion, the internal champion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's taking time for, for companies to learn about it, but you know, this is why we have this program and what I, what a kind of, works well as I have a company that did that we did a project with them and then very quickly we okay well this is great they're doing that product but they realized that no we need to do a much bigger project 5k for metal additive is, is really the low end of being able to really accomplish anything but it does it does the thing is is you can do that and then go and apply for let's say a pilot project where you would need to characterize a new material and an engine be open open to receive an application for that. So, we, we, you know, we kind of look at a lot of our programs as a kind of an evolution into a, a being a better and more productive and world-leading manufacturer by, you know, small, maybe start with a feasibility study, works, works good. Then you go to a pilot project, you want to scale up something from the lab. Oh, it scales up nicely. Then you want to go to the full line, although we're not entertaining the full super cluster projects. We, we hope to get recapitalized and, and, and take those on in the, in the near future. But uh, uh, at this point, we're only taking uh, pilot projects and feasibility studies and cluster building is the only uh, streams. And of course, my AM demo program. Gotcha. Money, money goes fast for anybody out there who's interested. So <laughs> contact me because they go like hotcakes. <laughs> right, right. I should mention we forgot to. I think we forgot to mention at the beginning that in in addition to being the director of uh, member relations and stuff, you also lead the uh, the advisory committees for both um, additive manufacturing. Obviously, that's a subject close to your heart that you've been working on for years now. But also automation and robotics. Is that right? Yes, and and a third one actually, machine oh. AI. Yeah, which I uh, will be releasing a. Uh, our uh, landscape, or a Canada landscape, like we've done with the other two boards, in uh, uh, not too distant future, weeks, couple of weeks. It's uh, we have a meeting on the twenty third with the board uh, that will review the first draft, and if the draft's okay, we hope to have it published mm. end of a first week of October. So look at my newsletter around that time. That's one of the things I do. As you, some of you know out there, I, I do send out Engen's newsletter. So. Uh, if you ever have something that you think would offer value, um, let me know and we'll see. Uh, certainly, I'm not going to be there to help you promote your product. That's <laughs> not unless you're willing to give a sponsorship money. But that's another story altogether. But really, if it's a good story that it's you know that people need to know, let me know, and I, I like to let my members know. You know, it's it's all about what what sort of value I, I consider to to members. Again, the, the boards, as you say, automation, robotics uh machine learning ai these are uh national boards we have people from coast to coast of each one of these boards they are advisory boards uh, so there's no voting or anything involved with that but it's really um allows us as engine to consult leading experts in canada on what we as 
both the group and Anjan can do to facilitate the adoption of these technologies to make companies better companies. Again, new capabilities as our mission stipulates. You know, we're really about getting new advanced manufacturing capabilities available to Canadian companies. So again, that's the goal there. And of course, much of the group is, you know, the vendors and, you know, they have a stake in that sector and they want to see it grow. So that's our goal too, as we think by the adoption of these technologies, companies become better companies. So we want to facilitate that journey. So we will be working on uh, what I'm calling technology adoption portals. These mm. will be resources, agnostic, basically, that will help, uh, I guess, the, the, the SME CEO out there who, who hears about a technology and maybe there's somebody trying to sell them on something and they're not sure. But, but we hope that maybe they can come here and get some good information where it's, you know, it's vetted, it's looked at, and it's, you know, it's a good company you're talking to or, or it is a good process. It has been done before and it has made people money. It's not a pie dream, a pipe dream or whatever. Sure. So that's, that's one of the things we want to establish. Again, it all comes back to how we can help, uh, you know, create those capabilities but you know until a new capability is created yet you have to have people have confidence in that so again that would be you know helping build confidence in new technologies that are emerging i think that's critical right you know and stuff i a lot of this like if we talk about industry 4.0 or iot and stuff there are so many new technologies new concepts different ways of different approaches uh it just becomes dizzy even for somebody who you know, who covers that space, just trying to get a sense of what's real, what's, you know, yeah. what's, uh, what's a, what could be a, a bad bet, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, as we know, uh, you hear about those companies that, you know, spent all their money on one machine, and it, and it didn't work out, and it basically kills the company. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, 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 if GM spends a $5 million on a machine that doesn't work out, you know, not a big deal. But if a semi of, a, you know, 40 employees do that and it's not the right machine or suddenly there's an emerging technology that makes their machine obsolete, these things happen. So you really need to do, you know, your due diligence when you're uh, you're making capital investment of millions of dollars or whatever. So, you know, we really want to try and help. You know, there's only so much you can do, of course. Uh, sure. How deep you can go, but... We're, 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 I'm taking a kick at the can of that. And hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully, we will have something available soon. And I yeah. hope, hope it's, it helps companies make better decisions or good yeah. decisions. Absolutely. What is a, I, I don't know if you're allowed to name names or, or talk about any particular details, but what does a successful NGEN sort of project look like? I mean, if somebody, uh, uh, you know, some partners or, or group comes to, what are some of the projects that, that, that you look back on and think that's that's the kind of thing that we always hope to do? Yeah, there is a lot of pro projects. The um, Right now we have uh, over 150 projects uh, that are either closed uh, in the process of being closed or in, you know, in any level of uh, the pipeline, but essentially they that would be completed. So that's a lot of projects. Uh, the the ones, you know, that they get announced, it's always, uh, we always wait for, for the minister's office to make announcements. And all that. So <laughs> one of the projects I think that really got a lot of attention is the Aspire project. Okay. Um, and I'm just uh, trying to find it here. But it, it's about a protein, uh, developing a protein uh, through the uh, to breeding crickets oh yeah. right uh, okay and it's it's just a wave of the future it's a food source of the future uh and the plant that they've made in uh, i believe it's london uh is state-of-the-art doesn't exist anywhere else so and jen identified that in a little side story that i heard from one of my colleagues was one of the raptor players was known to eat crickets so it was determined maybe we can approach him and uh he'll he'll be a promoter of it and <laughs> he become a promoter he became an investor really yeah uh, wow so there i'm trying to find if uh 
Yeah, it's a Inspire Food Group. Uh, working, but believe it, with, with TELUS, okay, TELUS and Darwin AI. So there's, that's the collaborations there. Yeah. Uh, and Laval University, McGill, Western Ontario. It's a real, uh, real great program where you have a lot of people coming in. Uh, high quality proteins. And it's a new, and I was right, it is in London. Sure. We we did the uh, 3D robo uh, challenge. Remember what, what I mentioned earlier about other challenges. One of the ones we did last summer during COVID was we asked the robotic companies if they could come out with this uh, automated sterilizer mm. robotics. Okay. Yeah. That was a great. We had three companies: uh, one in Ontario, uh, one in BC, and uh, two in Ontario, one in BC. I, I I can't remember the names offhand, but uh, some really great projects. The the um, there's a great project out in Ex, uh, Exergy in Alberta working with uh, Suncor, where they're using additive manufacturing to develop new ways of cleaning the trail spawns. You know the the the, the tailing ponds. Yeah, yeah. They, so they're looking ways of cleaning that up. And that was one of the projects. We're funding, uh, so really good, you know, green project like that. Sure. Um, and, a, and a major headache for them. I mean, because that's just, yeah. that, that's a liability kind of waiting to happen a lot of times. In yeah. Stuff. <laughs> so, you know, that, that that's there's a, that's a great project. There's a one we did uh, with uh, Precision ADM and OAC and Pega Medical and Spinalogic out of Montreal where they were conceptualizing a way of having, uh, you know, a people's uh, implants scanned and sent to the automated to be built, you know, so you didn't, they're perfect for each individual. Instead of having like a, having to have a small, medium and large, it's, that's exactly the size you need. Huh. That, you know, we scan that, then it goes through a process of software, and then it goes into the machine, and then it comes out. And then it's done. So that's a really interesting project. One I covered uh, not too long ago was um, a robotics company called Mycionics that uh, that does a, a mushroom, a robotic a mushroom picker. It really is inspiring. Eh? Some of these ideas you hear coming from small companies, and it's really, it really, I really love to support these small companies because not only are they innovative and they're changing the world in a positive way, you know, they're, they're giving people good employment. Yeah. Uh, and this is really a, my primary pleasure in, in my work is I'm, you know, not, I've had the pleasure of, of introducing people, getting jobs and all that. It's not my primary function, but, you know, really when we talk about the enduring thing of our projects, it's really enduring when it comes to all of Canada, you know, how it affects good, stable, fulfilling employment. And these are fulfilling projects that really, really, they're not frivolous. You know, they, they really are game changing. This is what, what I, we, we, we really want. We believe it, you know, and we're trying to, you know, make Canada and the world a better place. You know, I, yeah. I know it sounds corny a bit, but I, I, I believe that. Yeah. I think Canada is one of those countries that doesn't get credit for the innovation that it does have. I mean, people may yeah. think of it, you know, out of Germany in particular or, you know, France or Italy. And certainly, you know, the United States prides itself on that and stuff. But I don't think we'd crow loudly enough about yeah. the things yeah. that Canada comes up with. But Yeah, it's interesting. You know, like, I don't know, it's a bit of a joke I say sometimes, but... You know, why does San Jose have a hockey team, right? <laughs> There's so many Canadians there. Yeah. <laughs> they, they or Phoenix. Often, you know, I do talk to people around the world, and uh, I know that our, our COJ was at a company in Germany, and somebody was being flippant and saying, you know, what does Canada bring to the manufacturing world? And, and Jay started pointing out, like, right next to him, right in his office, that's a Canadian company. That's a Canadian company. That's a Canadian robot. Yeah. And yeah. the guy was, oh, and they, they they all assumed that they were American companies. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's what often often you know people around the world perception because they we have the you know we're not the British English or the Australian English where you know people have a hard time discerning Canadian demand. so they just assume it's American. Well, no, it's a lot of Canadian, and you know, I I think it's it's. You know, I, I don't. I'm not a big flag waver. I'm really not. You know, but I think it. 
you know, the people who matter know, you know, and that's what I remember another colleague of mine, one of my members of my machine learning AI board, uh, Tom Gassenbeck, was telling me that he would go down to the States and, and he's a software guy. And he said, well, you guys are Canadians are really big on software, you know. And so there, there is an awareness that there's, you know, particularly in the technology companies, I think that's one of the things where we tend to shine a bit. And I think, you know, uh, I think it's great, nothing wrong with that, but, you know, Technology is great when you can put it with manufacturing. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Are there other programs that are running or will be running that we should be, you know, that that, that you, you want to get the word out about before? Yeah, yeah. particularly I, 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 we have a lot of uh, emphasis on workforce development. Okay. Um, and we're running a program called App Up. Okay. This is really great product out there. If you, if you have... A need to get upskill your employees, okay? And you have a program you've identified that has to do anything to do with advanced manufacturing, I should say, uh, business, you know, management, leadership, these sorts of things. We're, we're likely, you know, we we can fund up to fifty percent, excuse me, up to fifteen thousand dollars per company uh, that that want to do. It. And we have a large list of programs available. To learn, and as I can say, it's it's all you have to do is be an NGen member, and I'll repeat, NGen membership is free <laughs> and available for anybody, international, anybody, individuals, organizations. We really want to build that ecosystem of people with knowledge, and knowledge doesn't necessarily only come from you know comes from all over the places. So App Up is there to help that. So I would really uh, encourage anybody out there to, to take a look at the App Up program. Uh, there are others uh, that are coming down that we are working on. Um, you know, we, we work with, you know, 40 different public sector uh, departments and agencies across Canada. So, you know, it's really an idea of, you know, you don't want to duplicate too much. You want to become aware of. So, you know, we, we really, you know, we were, we're working on those workforce developments. Uh, I know that we're talking about giving a new thought leadership Um initiative that'll kind of what associated to those boards we were talking about the advisory boards sure um where we again it's it's bringing experts and and, and gen together and, and disseminating you know good agnostic information to the ecosystem mm -hmm. so that's that's in the works too so keep your eye on that and you know join and gen you also get the newsletter which will come from myself, Frank DeFalco. So if you see any email from Frank DeFalco, be sure to make it your priority of your day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but uh, uh, and if you have any questions, I'm always anybody out there who knows me, I'm quick to answer. I like to meet new people. That's what I do is build relationships for Engine, trying to explain, uh, you know, what we can do for you and what you might be able to do for other people. And, you know, I'm pretty good at connecting people. It's, uh, you know, we have our platform, our, 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 uh, if you join, you get into our NSP platform, which is a collaboration platform, which is designed, you know, you can put opportunities in there based on, you know, you might be looking for funding, but as we say, you know, opportunity often comes from the melding of two people. So that, that opportunities, if you have a problem or need a solution, you put it into our platform and we'll help find a, we have over 4,000 members right now from across Canada and internationally. So wow. they're putting in their capabilities in there. So our system will be try and help you find that right person for the right, you know, give you the right solution. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end. Is there is there a place where people can go to see what what kind of like the automotive uh, challenge or something? I mean, I know we're coming towards the end of that one uh, with the uh, deadline uh, on October seventh. But are there is there a resource or a place on the engine site that sort of lists here's you know here's something yeah. that's going to be opening in the next month and and well, just nothing, so people nothing think... announcing the, usually okay. the newsletter is the best place to, to gotcha. announcement of noon you know uh, uh new new programs and initiatives uh if you join engine you will be put on that list to get that or you can join you don't have to be a member you can go through some of our pages uh but i would go under the engine website and engine that's n-g-e-n dot c-a go in there uh we do have some french it's but it's mostly english and Usually, like the automotive zero is our splash page right away, so you can learn about that right away. But you can go under what we do up top, and it'll show you the different pro program fundings, 
what we do in regards to collaborations. The collaborations is a collaboration corner where that's an interesting little uh, initiative where companies have a project idea and they're so basically that's a place where we, you know, they said, this is our idea. Okay, this is who we are. This is our expertise. And the key is expertise they need. So that's the collaboration corner. You see that again under what we do. And we're, again, workforce development includes stuff like the uh, AMP UP program. Uh, those that would be the main place to check out under what we do at Engine. You know, sure. there's other places. If you want to see my picture, you can go under who we are. But I wouldn't spend much time. <laughs> <laughs> but you're the matchmaker. You're the guy who uh, who puts uh, puts these uh, innovative companies together, or puts puts established companies together to come up with something new. That's part That's of your reality. yeah yeah. Gotcha. Great. Well, thank you, Frank. I again, I appreciate you joining us today, and uh, we'll hope to speak to you again real soon. Thanks, uh, much appreciated, and thank you for the opportunity. And uh, have a great day. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please subscribe to the Design Engineering Podcast, or check out the podcast tab on our website, www.design-engineering.com, for new episodes. Also, if there's a specific topic you'd like us to cover, please let me know. Send your request to my email address, mmcleod at design-engineering.com. If the subject has broad appeal and is appropriate to our audience, I'll do my best to make it happen. And finally, this episode of the Design Engineering Podcast was brought to you by IGUS. IGUS engineers and manufacturers dry lin linear bearings with self-lubricating plastic elements that slide instead of roll. Dry lin is available in various styles including low profile linear slides, modular linear guide rails, and linear shaft bearings. Visit igus.ca for more information. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to subscribe to the Design Engineering Podcast through major podcast platforms including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.